Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Yes, this is Garja Girl Boxing. A little different intro. No classic hip hop tonight. Old Post <laughs> Malone. White Iverson, <laughs> Roberto <laughs> Flag, Coltrane, what's good, my dude? <laughs> chilling, man, chilling, watching my New York Mets right now, trying to capture this chip, bring it back. Yeah, to yeah, I thought about you. I thought about you, man. When I was uh, when I before I got on the show, because I've I've been flicking back and forth. You know, the NBA season started tonight. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> watching uh, Cleveland and Chicago. You got the Mets and the World Series. You know, you got boxing, you got football. If you're in the hockey, you got that. I mean, it's October is like the 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 the, the sports smorgasbord. It's just and, and if you're into college football, on. that's another college football. You got that going on, and it's a little bit of everything. You know, um, wow, what a day! So much is going on in the world of boxing, man. I I, I don't even know where we start. Where do we begin? Um, there's all kind of kind of crazy rumors out there about catch weights, about uh, venues being reserved next year for a particular fighter who's, who's recently <laughs> retired. You know, um, you got uh, an article that came out today about a Philly boxer. There was some rumors circulating around that with some pictures, oh, so that was confirmed oh today. Oh, oh, you know. God. So much going on, you know. I mean, wow! Like in one day, so many different announcements. Where do we Where do we begin? Like, oh uh, man, where should I mean, we I start? Guess, I mean, I guess for starters, man. I mean, let's just backtrack. Uh, I mean, because there is a lot of news, man. Uh, it is. It is. This is starting, like, I mean, a busy week from busy Sunday week, to Saturday. Busy day. <laughs> right. I mean, today uh, alone, so much happened. You know, so many different yeah. stories and. Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I I I mean, I guess we should just start really, man, with Saturday night. Yeah, let's let's go um, back to Saturday night because we don't want to do a disservice to Terrence Crawford and his triumphant performance on Saturday night uh, in his in his, in his hometown state of Omaha, Nebraska, um, taking on uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Gary John John Gene John. Uh, Junior Welterweight Showdown, as everybody knows, is no secret. Terrence Crawford is gunning for Manny Pacquiao. Um, you know, this was, you know, a, a filler fight, kind of stay busy, and more so a dress rehearsal for a Manny Pacquiao showing uh, in April, potentially. 
Um, let's get into the fight itself. You know, you know, tell me what you saw, thoughts, concerns, moving forward. You know, let's just kind of get into the to the actual fight. What, what, you know, what, what, what you know what you know what you saw took took place. I mean, yeah, he's Crawford. I mean, like we've been saying on the show, man. I mean, he's one of these guys that we are keeping our eye on, you know, um, right. as far as the future is concerned. And, and, I mean, he looked really, really good, man. I mean, you you mentioned this, like, several episodes ago where we were talking about some of these young fighters as opposed to, uh, I guess, well, I would say maybe some in the bunch that got some dog in them. And mm-hmm. Crawford is that guy, man. Now, right. the thing about him that I really like is that, I mean, he, he's he's very technically sound. You know, it's like if somebody watched maybe this fight for the first time, they probably wouldn't see, like, the, the, like, the totality of, like, what he can do. <laughs> but the thing about him, man, is, uh, maybe to detriment down the road, in my, you know, you know, this may occur. I mean, he does have to be careful, but he likes to fight, man. And I think he knows how good he is. And I think at a certain point, he knows when he's got a fighter figured out. And he kind of makes it a show. But to his detriment, possibly down the road, is, you know, he does kind of leave himself open. And, you know, he got cracked with some right hands that, you know, against a hard-hitting puncher, that might not be the smartest route to go. Now, granted, if anybody wasn't following the lead-up to the fight, you know, apparently Deary Jean was, you know, saying, a, you know, a bunch of mess about, you know, obviously, you know, trash talk before the fight. Right, right, right. Crawford really took it serious, almost to the point. He did, yeah. Like, after the fight, when, you know, they were announcing the victory and everything, you know, he got the, he got the TKO stoppage. Uh, he was bad-mouthing him as he was walking off. And it's like, wow, man. Like, you know, you figure after a fight, let it go, boom, boom, boom. Right. Um, but, I mean, as far as what I saw in the ring, man, I mean, I think the big thing about him, too, is the fact that he could switch, you know, what they call, you know. Switch it, right. It, 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 you know, in relation to what, you know, watching the uh, game no pun, as well. Uh, right, no right, pun intended. Right. <laughs> and, 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 by the way, you know, the just hit from the news. <laughs> And, uh, and from the news that took place today, don't think we're using a lot of jokes today uh, about yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, please, please. We'll get into that later. But go ahead. Uh, but, but yeah, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think at the same time, man. I mean, I think uh, he's an exciting guy to watch. I think um, him. I, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but I think he looks obviously stronger, faster at 140, a lot more Yo, durable, and right. He weighed 156 the, the night of the fight. Would you he's a wall, he's, believe? He's, he's a welterweight. You know, he's, he's a, I mean, this guy's the same size as Mayweather. in the yeah. making. Right. Absolutely. Right. He's, a, he's, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's what, 5'7"? He's, he's a legit 5'7 at that. And, yeah. you know, that's a right around welterweight height. He's he's a true blue welterweight. Is he 5'7 or 5'8"? Uh, he looks like he could be. I'm I thought he was listening. He looks at like five he's like the same. Yeah, I could see that. You know, he's he he, he has a stature of a welterweight. You know, yeah, so he does. He looks he stronger does. than these guys. You know, yeah, he, he looks stronger and bigger than the junior welterweights. Um, yeah, great assessment, man. Um, couldn't agree with you more about. You know, uh, just talk about some of the cons first before I get into the pros. One of the things that we do got to keep in mind, though, I think 
the reason why he gets caught with those overhand rights is because he goes into that southpaw stance. Yep. And I, he, everybody knows that's how you beat the southpaw. Well, mm-hmm. not, well, that's one of the ways you break it down is with overhand rights. And when he goes into the southpaw stance, he leaves himself open. But you kind of almost wonder, is it like kind of like a, you know, I'm going to go into southpaw stance and walk this guy down type of thing because he just got yeah. like a demon inside of him type of thing. Right. And it's funny because growing up, I remember watching Sugar Ray Leonard, and the one thing I always loved about Sugar Ray Leonard was when you punched him and punched him in the mouth, a fight would break out. Yep. And the yep. same thing kind of happens with Terrence Crawford. He, I think Max kept describing him describing him as mean, and he's right. Even after the fight, like I don't think he was pulling like a broner you know, trying to sell tickets and, like, some fake mumble-jumble tough guy routine. I just think the, the kid got he's the mean like streak that. in him. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. Think he's really – that's really who he is. I just think and, – and, 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 and it may be to his detriment one day. It may not be. It, it may even be to his help. I mean, it may even help him uh, uh, become a superstar. I think one thing people like is a quote-unquote boxer – that has a killer instinct inside of them. It's like the best of both. If you if you draw on a fighter up from ground from the ground up, that's almost like the perfect, you know, monster being created, if you will. And yeah. one of the things that I love that he does, and I I, I really agree agree with some of the uh, uh, some of Harold Letterman's assessments when he's watching a fight, but he says something on Saturday night that I agree with wholeheartedly. He said he never. He said he hasn't seen a fighter in a very long time just take away space like this kid does. I mean, he literally. And we're not talking like triple G, G type of stalking. It's it's boxing stalking where he's his punch placement and the way he sets his punches up and traps you into these places. I mean, his punch placement is so on point. Like, I mean, this yeah. kid can fight. Uh, and From if, both if anybody sides. can't see it, I don't know what you're watching. The kid can box. You know, um, he can flat out box. He throws a beautiful jab. He throws one twos. You know, he mixes his combinations up well. And the way he just put his punches in the proper places and the way he guns you down is just like, wow. And it's just like the streak inside of him. And. Granted, the guy he was fighting, I mean, you know, his he, he lost to Lamont Peterson. I mean, he's no world beater, you know, but at the same time, you know, you only can fight who's in front of you. And from a pure skill set, from, you know, we're just talking strictly skill, I just think this kid is, is legit, and I think he's real. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because, you know, he's going to move on to Pacquiao, maybe we don't we don't even know because we, we we'll segue into that in just a second. We don't even know if that even if that's even going to take place. And again, we'll segue segue into that in a second. If that can take place, the kid that just beat uh, Matisse Postal, you know, maybe a fight with him and Terrence Crawford could take place, or you know, I, I maybe some missing names. We would love to see him and Broner show that, but unfortunately, that will never take place because of the whole Al Heyman top rank situation. Right. So that's a whole nother story. So, you know, but I, I just like this kid. Man. I like his spirit. I like his attitude. And I like the fact that he has a mean streak inside of him. Everybody's not going to be Mayweather where they just go unscathed and untouched. You know, I, I think guys 
They all have different fighting styles. I think yeah. I wish Ryder Dahl was here because he had an excellent parallel. He called them a little bit of Pernell Whitaker and a little bit of Meldrick Teller put into one, you know, and that's what you get when you get Terrence Crawford. So, you know, um, I'm just – I'm just waiting to see what's next, uh, which I think is a perfect segue into our next topic, Manny Pacquiao. Now, after the fight, you had Bob Arum, you had all the HBO people talking about April being the, well, this fight being a uh, dress rehearsal for the April showdown with Manny Pacquiao. Now, right. today, there's Manny Pacquiao fighthype.com mentioning that he's in negotiations. Now, before I say this real quick, was it you that sent me that text about Mayweather potentially uh, um, that he may be reserved, that he had a date reserved with the MGM for next year? Was that well, you or Ryder? I, I know one of y'all was going to... I, I might have been right or die, but I did, read, yeah. I, I did read about it, yeah. Okay. All right, so that was the first shoe that dropped. You know, maybe that wasn't supposed to leak out, but it did. The second shoe to drop was and Pacquiao is one of these kind of guys where he doesn't know how to play the system game. And meaning by that is when you're doing secret negotiations behind closed door, give the diplomatic, even though he's in politics, <laughs> uh, but he doesn't know how to give the diplomatic answer. You know, I'm just I'm just focused on April. The way Leonard Ellaby released a press statement today and said Floyd Mayweather's retired in the story, but it's kind of an open end type of statement. Yeah. Because he just said he's retirement in the story. So anyhow, back to Manny Pacquiao on FightHype.com. They're interviewing me, asking about all this stuff. So in closing, he states, <laughs> "We're in the middle of no. We're negotiating with Floyd Mayweather for a second fight in May. Or was it in May? Right." Did he say May? Or just said April? I think he said April. Oh, April. Okay. So I don't know what to take from that. You know, um, I don't think he would just make that up. Do you think, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I just think he was just being honest. He's got a question answered, and he answered it. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, Pacquiao, I mean, again, it's, it's like Pacquiao. Again, he, he he he. You know, he in the past he'll say things, but it's kind of like <laughs> right. kind of like the side of his mouth or whatever. But <laughs> I I talked to somebody today about it, and I, you know, right. I was thinking like you know, I I think for Pacquiao, it, it, well, l- let me let me start off with Bob Arum. Okay. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, everything's got to go through him. <laughs> you no know, doubt. and yeah. I was having a I was having no a talk doubt. with somebody. You know, I was talking to somebody today about you know they're you know I guess uh, uh, I guess the, the assumption that you know a rematch would be you know this lucrative fight and you know I start to think about it and I'm like, do you remember when the Delahoya you know after Delahoya Mayweather happened and I remember how highly promoted that fight was I mean for the yep, time yep, I mean yep. that that thing was crazy you know and then the fight happened and you know didn't live up to the hype and they were already talking rematch. And I remember vividly how against the rematch everybody was, even though people right. made comments about like, Oh, it's going to make a lot of money. But then lo and behold, it kind of just fell out of, you know, kind of just dissipated. And then Floyd went on to fight Ricky Hatton. But I, I just, 
I think I think for Bob Arum, the way he's looking at it is, I have my cash cow who is ready to become a senator. He's done me well, and I got this kid who's selling out Nebraska, a place we never thought we'd have boxing at. Right, right, and, right. And, and, you know, he's gaining a lot of attention. His fighting style is very fan-pleasing. And between Top Rank and Golden Boy, they are not riddled with superstars like how they were like 10 years ago. So right, right, right. The way I'm envisioning it is, if, and again, look, the way Crawford's looking for Pacquiao to take this fight, and mind you, you know, how Pacquiao's looked since the Marquez knockout hasn't been the Pacquiao that we saw against Miguel Cotto, even against Shane Mosley, even against Antonio Margarito, any different Pacquiao. And I just don't see how Aaron would go about trying to set that fight up on top of getting HBO back on board, contacting this person, that right. person. And, and it's a, you, you, you take a step back and you think, like, is it really worth them doing that fight again to make dramatically, in my opinion, dramatically less money than you did before? So, and that's the part that don't make any sense. Right. So Aram, being Mr. Opportunistic, he's going to try to keep everything within the stable especially if it means that he has one guy that can basically hand the torch over in a sense if you know if you believe that would happen if Crawford and Pacquiao were to fight it's a win-win for Aram and i just see it hit like it happening that way you know i i don't i mean i think it'd be a ballsy fight for Pacquiao for his last fight i'd give him a hell of a lot of credit um and, and but at the same time, it's a very interesting fight too. <laughs> I mean, because of the things that we said that are kind of, uh, you know, pros and cons. You know, with, with with Crawford, I mean, like Crawford better not stick his chin out there like that, like how he's kind of done in, in the past, where you know he's been rocked and, mind you, come out of ever, you know, come come out of it and, and, and prevail, but. Uh, it looks like a passing of the torch type of fight. I mean, we've seen these type of fights in the past. Yeah, uh, we talked about it. I mean, it's tr- it's, the, it's the top ring way. I mean, traditionally, right. <laughs> the Eric Morales, <laughs> you know, uh, Eric Morales with Pacquiao, you know, yeah. De La Hoya when he fought Chavez, mm-hmm. uh, Cotto when he fought Shea. I mean, they always traditionally, uh, uh, an aging star uh, takes on the new up and coming. Now, granted, like you said, they haven't had a lot of those guys. Like yeah. in the past, you know, but this is kind of the way they mold and, 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 and sculpt their fighters. You know, this is kind of traditionally what they did, so it wouldn't be out of the norm for them for them to do this. The only the only caveat out there that I think that they're holding hope on, they're thinking Mayweather's coming back and they know Mayweather like to get paid, you know, he likes to get you know, he wants to be paid handsomely and because the Birdo fight did so poorly, um, and the Phil, if you look out there, you know, some people talk about Danny Garcia. Forget about American. I don't think that fight's ever happening. Um, Keith Port, I mean, excuse me, Keith Thurman won't happen, you know. So the only, uh, only other thing out there is 
if they can try to trump up a rematch uh, with Pacquiao and hope to do, uh, you know, 1.5 pay-per-view. Because I I think there's – it's it's weird the way people view these things because people will say they're not going to watch. And I think they, for the most part, a lot of people won't watch it. But boxing is a weird, you know, people, fans of the sport, it's, it's a weird dynamic, you know. Um, you know, they'll they'll prey upon the Filipino fan base and the people that hate Mayweather, just the, just pure Mayweather haters out there yeah. that's hoping maybe there was something wrong in the first fight for it to happen again. Uh, I'm, I just can't get over, if you watch that interview, I just don't think that, he grabbed that idea out of a sky. I just think that it was there's some type of conversation going on about it. You know, I just, I truly believe that will it happen? I don't know, but I right. just think a conversation some there's some sort of discussion, some going dialogue, on. yeah. Definitely some discussion going on. And maybe Terence Crawford was used in all of this. Bob Arum knows Floyd Mayweather has an ego. Bob Arum knows that you know um one of the ways to get Floyd Mayweather back in the ring is talking about other fighters, you know, uh, potentially being like some type of, you know, uh, successor, you know. Um, yeah. Because it's almost like he's trying to promote Terrence Crawford as the anti-Mayweather if you just kind of yeah. listen to certain things he says. You know what I mean? Good kid. He, you know, he's, <laughs> he, you know, he's all action, you know, and it's almost like an indirect slight to Mayweather. Because, you know, Bob Aaron is a, he's a lawyer by trade, and he's very crafty with his words, you know. So a lot of the stuff he do does is contrite. And it just got to make you wonder. It's a lot of chess, chess moves going on, and I'm just a little curious if Terrence Crawford is, is being used in all of this because if he's not, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I would love to see the fight between him and Pacquiao. I think it's a great story. I think it's a great – uh, uh, beginning of a new chapter, but the fact that Pacquiao just kind of came out of nowhere that, and fight hype, you know, we don't need to get into detail, but we all know their pro Mayweather website, you know, and yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was just interesting. Uh, you know, I wasn't expecting that today, you know, so. Well, here's, I, I mean, before, yeah, we, more before to we switch topics, um, Here's an, an interesting, I guess, view that you could look at it as, like, you know, if in, if in the sense that they put together uh, Crawford versus Pacquiao, let's just say for argument's sake, Pacquiao beats Crawford, like, mm-hmm. soundly and looks impressive. In, in a way, it starts to creak, crack that door open again. Because it's right, right. No, now that would make sense. Like, yes. Right. Now, that, I mean... That would be the better, the ideal lead. thing, right? Right. But I no, just can't. I'm with you, though. I just can't see how would this fight be. How could they sell it? It was such a mismatch. Like it, it was. It was. Now, now I mean, the other end of it, as far as Terrence Crawford's concerned, and you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the anti Mayweather type. Um, you know, this could be a whole other situation again, where Bob Arum's building another fighter to fight right. Floyd. 
Yeah, well, that, that's a, that, 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 that's you another know, that's, angle you can look at. That's another more. angle. You know, I mean, we're yeah, not thinking yeah. about it right now, but yeah, right. a whole angle. year and a half yeah. can change. <laughs> things, you yeah. know, and we don't know what's going to happen with Terrence Crawford. So it's it, – yeah, I mean, I'm on the I'm on the boat of – I think, like you said, I think it's going to be hard for them to get the general sports fans back on board with that fight again because I think the whole aura of it when it first dropped and it happened and it was announced was like, oh, my God, it's finally happening. So if it gets put out there now or let's say in December they say, oh, they're, they're going to do the rematch, you're going to have to weed through um, the the negative feedback that it's already going to get. And then on top of that, like the Birdo, like how the negative stigma that came with the Birdo, not saying it's going to be at that level, but people like threw shade on that fight immediately, you know, when they yeah. first heard about it. Yeah. And I think the same thing would happen with the Pacquiao fight. You know, you'll get the, uh, the pundits out there on ESPN, some of these other major networks saying, why is this fight happening again? You know, you'll get people saying, well, I would rather him see him come back to fight Triple G. Then you'll have the Amir Khan people out there. Then you'll have, like, the boxing purist people saying, well, what about Keith Thurman and some of these other young fighters, you know? So you'll have, like, three different parties out there, you know, stating their claim on what they want. And like you I just don't see how it would generate any type of extra buzz unless it's something unless something unfold. Like you mentioned, him fighting on him, uh, Mayweather taking on a Terrence Crawford, excuse me, mm-hmm. Pacquiao, and looking good in doing so. And like, hey, look, well, he beat a slick fighter. I think he's ready. See, his shoulder was messed up, and yada, you know, all other BS that was put out there. So I don't know, man. It, it's just when I heard that today, just like because. I, you know, a couple people that I know was like, yo, I'm telling you, he he's going to fight Pacquiao again next year, you know, so hey, I don't know, man. Yeah, the, the, the thing, too, is, like, if you look in the history of rematches, when you talk about Tyson Holyfield and what was another one, Delahoya Mosley and, and, and Duran Leonard. Uh, right, right, you're just going through the history of the sport. You know? when, when, yeah. you, when you talk about those fights, all those, well, I mean, for for one, the rematches were put in place because of the fact that the first ones were competitive or, 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 or controversial or what have you. But at the same time, the, the second fights almost guaranteed to make more money than the first fight. This one won't be the case. So that's why right. it's like, I think it would be counterproductive on both parties ends to try to make the fight just because people say like, Oh, but it'll still, make millions of dollars. I'm like, you could say that, but at the same time, you're not thinking in, like in, in the notion of like the, the marketing money that they right. had to go grab for the first fight and think of what they're going to have to try to do now to try to get that same amount of money for the second fight, knowing that they're not going to make that type of money back. You know, it, it's just like, economically right now, I don't, it doesn't make any sense for the, for them to really do it. I mean, it's, it's now, now mind you, if you're Pacquiao, obviously you're going to try to get that fight uh, you know, at, at every which way possible if you if you can. But I mean, I think in the back of his mind, he probably knows that he's either looking at Amir Khan or Terence Crawford. I mean, I think logically, that's those are the two most realistic options he probably has. Uh, as far as I just hope it's something different, you know. But yeah. nothing surprises me in boxing. Like yeah. if they came out next month and say, "Hey, look." 
there's rumors that there is a, you know, they're going to fight in April or May at the MGM Grand. I'm, I wouldn't be shocked by it. Oh, of course not. I mean, we, we, we yeah, know how things go. <laughs> so um, moving along, man. Yeah. Um, I know you had some news you wanted to bring up about some catch weight stuff. Um, well, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've, I mean, everybody, you know, people listening, you know, that, that read up on, you know, the weekly news and, and, and interviews and, and, you know, and it's crazy how in this era, because of social media and everything, where, you know, you we're seeing a lot of these interviews from fighters a lot more frequent than we maybe did in the 80s and the 90s and even the early 2000s, where, you know, you would get print-ups, but, like, weeks later, you know, but now, you know, we, you, all, all it takes is, like, a, a, a press interview or, 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 or like, you know... A, you know, or like in this case, you know, we're uh, we're talking, you know, we're going to be talking about catchweights with uh, Canelo Alvarez asking for a catchweight for a uh, triple G. But you know, um, a lot of this news just gets put out uh, <clears throat> into the media real quick, and basically, it's uh, everybody's well aware. November twenty first, uh, Cotto versus Canelo is mm-hmm. for the WBC and Ring Magazine lineal middleweight titles. It's the the title that has been passed over from Bernard Hopkins, Jermaine Taylor, Sergio Martinez, Kelly Pavlik, the list goes on and on and on. And according to what Canelo was saying, you know, if he wins the fight and the the proposed fight is Triple G, that he wants Triple G at 155-pound catchweight, basically saying he's not ready to go to middleweight and – Cause an uproar through the internet and, and, and the entire boxing public as far as um, well, it's really split two ways. I mean, I, I um, there you have one side of people that are saying that Triple G needs to concede to Canelo's demands, being he's the guy, and then other people are saying, well, Canelo hasn't made 154 in like two years, and and is kind of like floating around 155. And has really nobody to fight there, so why doesn't he just go to middleweight? So, and the fact that he's fighting for the middleweight title, but that—that's a whole other story, apparently, from what he's saying that Cotto wanted to fight for the title. But yeah, I mean, again, man, with these catchweights, it—it it, it really it dampers a, a lot of you know. We've always made you know cases where it does make sense, but. For Canelo Alvarez, man, I mean, I had texted you, I had texted ROD when they did the 30-day weigh-in, you know, and Canelo Alvarez, is one, he's 167 30 days out, and, you know, he's obviously got to make 155, he's, you know, 12 pounds south of where he's at, but, you know, you start to think, like, well, okay, uh, which one is it? I mean, is it he wants to float around that weight? And he's not ready for 160, or he or he just doesn't want to fight Gennady Golovkin. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you uh, what your take on on the entire situation is. Yeah, here, here's here's all right. So it's so much. And this is Garage Girl Boxing. Roberto Flag Cold Train here. Um, ah, wow, it's so many layers here. All right. So you remember a couple of weeks back, right? We were talking about this old catchweight. This is right after the Triple G and Lemieux fight, and I was saying that. I saw this movie before, and I know how it ends, and it always ends with the star getting his way. And I said, it sounds all good and well, and I'm and I'm all down with Triple G and his trainer 
on their stance. However, I also understand that I also understand that boxing is a business first and foremost. And when these guys are sitting in these meeting rooms, a la Canelo when he fought Floyd, Cotto uh, when he fought Pacquiao, so many more out there. Even Oscar and Bernard was at a two pound uh, uh, minus catchweight of the middleweight limit. These guys, they put these crazy outlandish figures in front of your face. And, you know, you go from making, you know, uh, maybe, what do you get, $3 million for the Lemieux fight? So now they're talking about when the smoke clear, you may walk away with $10 million in your pocket. So that's triple your purse, just about. Normally, the way it ends, the star always get their way because you want to get paid in the end. And it's easy to take a stance when the negotiation is not. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It is going to happen. I'm just saying traditionally, and I know people don't want to hear it. It's kind of the way it goes. And I'm, I'm for fighting at the middleweight limit. I think this is the one weight class you don't fool around with because of the rich history of the division. And it's like kind of a joke calling a fight a middleweight fight and it's not at the middleweight limit. But, you know, it is what it is. This is the world we live in now. Um, you know, it has happened before, and it'll probably happen again and again and again after that. But I just think that Triple G is kind of in no man's land because he's fighting in a division that's depleted. It's nobody. I mean, it's, we went through the, the rankings last week, you and I, and there's nobody there. Is he, yeah. he fought the guys that's – he's fought like a few of these guys that's on the top ten list already. And the other two are guys that aren't really middleweights. And I agree with – I don't know if you, you said it or you alluded to it, but they don't want to play Triple G at 160 pounds. You know, they, 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 they what they'll do is – and when I say they, I think it'll be more so Canalo than Cotto. I think they're going to bring him down and wait. And it's, it goes back to where do you go from here if you're Triple G? Do you continue to fight contenders that nobody never heard of? Or do you move up and meet Andre Ward somewhere for a guy that in no, that's in no man's land himself that will generate? Because even if you move up to fight Ward, it's still not going to generate any type of business. So it all comes down to the business of the sport as well. So... I don't know, man. It, it's just it's, it sucks, man. And and I feel Triple G and his team, Roberto. You know, like how this, how it goes. You know, I mean, the history shows it. Like so many different cases where people fight at these catch weights. Yeah. And he kind of was pointing a note. You go through the history of recent times. People that had nowhere to go, they always came in. Remember, Canal. People forget that Canalo. Was but prior to the Mayweather fight, remember how they were headstrong on how they weren't going to fight at a catchweight? You remember right. that? And they were saying it wasn't a. Now, of course, after the fight was over, they they complained about it. But remember, they were saying there's no issue, yada yada yada. We'll fight whatever weight, you know. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a, it's an interesting dynamic that we have on our hands. And if Canelo beats Cotto, start the drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> yep, start I think, the drum roll. I'm telling from what, you. From what I read today, they were uh, Abel Sanchez was talking about um, something, something along the lines where they don't care to fight Cotto or Canelo, that they just want the WBC belt. 
And the thing I say about that is the WBC is going to put the belt on whoever's going to make them money. And I think for Canelo now, – now, here's the other side as far as Canelo Alvarez is concerned. Um, when he signed that HBO deal, I think the mm-hmm. two fights that HBO was basically, you know, trying to get a guarantee from Oscar was Cotto and Golovkin. And, right. you know, you, you start to think about uh, – just the options that Canelo has, let's just say at 154. And I forgot, I forgot if I had texted you or I texted somebody else, but I'm thinking like, okay, well, is he going to fight the Andrades of the world? Is he going to fight the Charlos of the world? Right. Or even Lara again, or Trout again, or any of these guys like that are at all at 154? Because like you, like you had alluded to in the shows before, that division is getting crazy stacked with talent, you know, and, you know, and then you see, you see the, those guys down there and then you look at what's above from you and, and it's only really one guy. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think a lot is going to be determined as far as what happens after November 21st. Cause look, man, for all we know, there could be a Cotto Canelo too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, I, I mean, and, 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 and see, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something nobody never thought about because that's another scenario that could play out. And then it further puts Triple G on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think right. that if that happens, that's even worse for him because see, yeah. now they really have control. They really have control. I think that his best bet is, man, just – Somebody kind of come along from 54 and move up to 60, you know, because they're, these guys are not fighting him at 160 pounds. It's not happening because they don't have to, so they're not going yeah. to. You know how it goes when the star guy is at the lower weight. He's always bringing the guy down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it with – I mean, not at this level, but speaking of Ward, he did it to Chad Johnson. I mean, I always could get the those two names. Chad <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I alluded to that. Like, I was talking to somebody about that, like, a couple of days ago as far as, you know, um, you know, Ward fought at 168 for, like, this long period of time. And then I thought he was going to go up to 175 and fight Dawson. And it, well, yeah, he was he was a champion at that point. But uh, for, for Triple G, I mean, well, here's the thing with 154, man. I mean, like, the majority of the guys there are Heyman guys. You know, whether you speak with the Charlos. Right, uh, the Charlos. Right now, mind you, like, Julian Williams is a J Rod. Right, I was gonna say. Now here's the thing with now here's the thing with with Andrade, you know, with Boo Boo, Charlo, and 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 J Rock. Man, they're like over six feet tall, like seventy right, seventy three inch yeah. each. So those fights are interesting to me. Very interesting fights. It's just the fact that how are they going to be made? You know what I mean? Like, and I was talking yeah. to somebody about that the other day. I mean, there's, guys, there's, there's not a lot of middleweights, but I'm looking at guys that I think if you gave them the opportunity, I mean, I don't know if, if it, like, their management would be, like, all honky-dory to, like, put them in the ring with Golovkin right now. But I'm thinking in a year's time, those guys can make for really good fights against Triple G. It's just the whole fact of... HBO, Al Heyman, the PVC, like how do they get it done? And again, it's just like it's one of those things where it's he he's he's like a victim of the current situation of the sport. Right. 
What about Apollo Creed, son? Now nah, I'm just I'm watching that, oh, watching the commercial. Yeah, <laughs> real quick, just off the. I'm watching a preview of this movie, and you know what? I always laugh about with these boxing movies. Like I don't know the story and the plot of this movie, but so is he like a guy that's just a regular civilian and he's just going to get involved in boxing, or was he always a boxer? Like knowing this, knowing Hollywood and knowing know how they do things, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and say he's probably a regular guy that was getting into some trouble. Somebody say, hey, come box. You know, he's as a grown-up, you know, so that's always hilarious to me. I was just well, he, watching no, the I think, I think the movie was like, he's like a boxer. Like a, he's like a boxer. he's obviously, right. he finds out, he's like, okay, you know, he's who, a boxer. Who right, well, that's good. Yeah. He's not some regular guy that, you know, somebody was like, hey, come in the gym and work out, you know, uh, uh, exercise your anger in here. Can you become no, a world no, champion? No. I, well, I mean, as far yeah. as what I read, I think he's a boxer. Right. But, no, like, you're probably right. I'll be yeah. I'm just having that, but that is funny. <laughs> yeah, that is. But anyhow, back to the triple old thing. So again, so I just think Triple G is a no man. Unfortunately, and I, and I, 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 I've read all the articles, articles about his team stand. You know, supposedly taking a stance, but you can't just keep fighting contenders on HBO. It's, it's the guy. Yeah. Everybody wants to get paid in the end, and they'll. I mean. HBO is a silent negotiator in this, too, because they have a stake mm-hmm. invested in everything, in Triple G. Right, right. Like you said about uh, one of the – maybe a silent agreement with De La Hoya uh, uh, lining Canalo up with Triple G was a part of a deal. Like, all that is in play right now. So I think they'll be a, a – a, a, they'll be – play the role as a mediator. Like, listen. What is the lowest you can come down to? What is the highest you guys are willing to go up to? These are normally how catch weights go. Right. So somebody got it. I was thinking that too, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? So they might say, all right, uh, let's do 157 and a half pounds. You know, something That's stupid like I that. I said 157 <laughs> might get the fight done. Right. 157 might get the fight done. But with that 157, we want – a fifty-five forty-five split. It could be something Which, like that. You know that. what? He, yeah, but I, I think with the lion's share of the money, like Canelo has to get it. But and no, like, he's and gonna I, get it. Yeah, he's no, no, gonna no, get it. it. I mean, that's like I'm a just 70, saying, 30, like they, they'll, yeah. they'll they'll try to get much as they can because oh, of, yeah, yeah. you know sacrificing. No, I agree with you. Like, I don't think Triple Tree has any legs to stand on. His only legs will be if if HBO gets involved and say, listen, guys. We got to get this fight done. What do what needs to take place? If this if we're holding up, listen, they're going to talk to them. They're going to talk about the figures. They're, you know, they're going to probably bring some type of analytics guy in and say, listen, in the next three years, you'll make X. Here for one night in sacrificing two pounds, you'll make what you will make in the next four, three, four fights. And then right. they're going to be like, all right, you know what? It's not that bad, you know. So. I don't know, man. And um, well, well, pop quiz. Um, <laughs> uh, Bernard Hopkins versus Oscar De La Hoya was at a one fifty seven catch weight. Oh, was at one fifty seven? Wow, I thought and it was one fifty eight. I didn't even realize and, it was that low. Yeah, and the story was, you know, B Hop came in at one fifty five only because wow. he wanted to wow. basically prove to them, like, yo, no matter nothing. And how did the fight end? <laughs> See, he should talk. He should talk to Bernard about. It. But see, I think what his situation, where the problem is, that 
First of all, Bernard is a specimen. Let's just clear that up right now. Bernard yeah. had a 28-inch waist when he was fighting that middleweight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Bernard is he, he's different, you know. Um, I just think that um, it's a whole different. And we're, we're talking, Bernard is, is relying strictly on techniques. Where Triple G, is, no matter how, he, you know, he may look, he relies on power, you know. And oh, yeah, when you absolutely. Take, when you take weight away, you know, that's going to deflate That's going to deflate your power, you know, and that could potentially hurt him, you know. So I could see a weight loss being more of an issue than a guy because Bernard, he's going to bring his skill set no matter what weight class he fight at, right. you know. So, but Bernard also wanted to get paid, and he knew the only – Bernard was in the same boat as – you remember the Keith Holmes, the uh, 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 what's the guy named before? Last name was Allen. You know he was fighting all these, mm-hmm. you know the William Joppy guys of the world. Yeah, contenders, yeah. Uh, uh, Keith Holmes. You know I can go on the list of because I remember watching all these uh, these uh, snooze fests of Bernard. <laughs> these these guys. You know there was a lot of these different guys that that he fought that just wasn't entertaining fight. So what happens is. You got to kind of get creative. And this has been going on in the history of Boston. The only difference is, you know, the guys was actually fighting people at the right weight. You know, it wasn't really catching right. weights, you know. So, like, even with Ray Leonard, you know, he fought everybody in his era. The one guy that he didn't fight fought one round north of him. I mean, excuse me, uh, two uh, two pounds north of him. Uh, two weight classes north. So, he moved yeah. up and fought him. And, and that's the difference. Like, Sugar Ray Leonard was a career welterweight. Moved up to middleweight to fight the most baddest middleweight. <laughs> probably, Marvin Hagler was probably the second greatest middleweight behind Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, just pure middleweight. You know what I mean? Like, just in that weight division. Yeah. And Ray Leonard moved up to fight him at 140, I mean, at, at 160 with no problem. After after being retired for like what three after years? After being retired, years? I mean, you're not seeing that today. It's just not happening. People make all types of excuses about people's size and you know, but that's a whole other story. But I don't know, man. We'll cross our fingers and just just wait and see. You know, it's just a shame though that they're calling these fights middleweight fights and um, they're not middleweights. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, Yo. Hello. Hello. We good? Yep. All right, guy. I don't know what happened. I was heard somebody. All right. So, uh, what's what, what else we got going on? Any fights this weekend? Uh, nah. There's really nothing uh, this weekend. Actually, it's like kind of actually surprised. Oh wait, there, I think there. Wait, I think there is a. There's fights on. Um, I believe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, there are the PBC fights this, this weekend. weekend. It's a PBC card. Yeah, because yeah, I remember oh, seeing right. the because uh, you know on the Instagram feed I saw them promoting it. Yeah, and it's it's funny because that's how I've been finding out a lot of the a lot of these fights because it's, it's like, a lot easier that way, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so much easier. Um, so I try I to follow see, all the uh, different. Well, they have. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have the uh, well. It's on Bounce TV, but I don't know if this is a PVC fight. Um. Tony Thompson, Malik Scott, the two heavyweights. That's who it was. Malik Scott, he's from here. He's from Philly. Okay, well, cool. Well, this, well, Saturday, uh, Jermel, 
obviously the twin brother of Jamal Charles fighting right. yeah. Joaquim uh, Alcine. Uh, that's me. MB, that's uh, NBC Sports Net. That's not like the actual NBC. Channel. NBC. Right. But um, yeah, man. I mean, after that, it's pretty much. Are we dead until November? Well, that'll be here in a couple weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, well, Jeff, three weeks. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, mean, we have with, we have that, but I mean, then November seventh, we have Bradley versus Rios. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Russell, Russell and Provana got fighting that weekend, too. Right. And then, yeah, I mean, pretty much from that point, it, there's a couple PBC. So that's a big cards. showdown, and we got some fillers in between there. I guess and, the Bradley and Reels. And, yeah, and then the, the the granddaddy of them all to wrap it up for November. November. But then the weekend uh, after that, we got Klitschko versus Fury. Completely forgot about that. Oh, nice. they uh They moved that over. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's yeah a lot of boxing, man. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the big fights, obviously, Cotto Canelo, you know, which will be obviously uh, starting to do, are you do buying the weekly. Into uh, the, uh, are you the buying weekly into tangibles. any of the camp whispers? Yeah. Are you buying into uh, any of the camp whispers? Uh, Cotto as as bruises. Well, you seen his face? I I haven't seen. I just read the, read the article. Oh no, he's smart. Yeah, he got marked up. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he basically was asked, he goes, he basically said, he's like, hey, look, sparring comes I mean, from the territory. I remember Floyd had a black eye before going into one of them fights. Yeah, I mean, you could see his I mean, eye was a little bruised. I mean, I, it, you know. I mean, if anything, I mean, when I see that, I'm seeing that the, that he's getting good working because you don't want to hear when, – when you hear stuff about like sparring partners getting destroyed and stuff, sometimes that's not good because no, you're I'm not, not getting fan of that. Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. getting the work now. If they're bringing other people in to substitute and to get them, I mean that's a different story. But I mean when I hear stuff like that, that's I'm thinking it's more of a ploy to get you know into the psyche of the fighter as far as you know the opponent. But mm-hmm. uh, he, but if you go, uh, he he did some Puma. Autograph signing, you know, somewhere in L.A. And, I mean, if you look at the footage, I mean, he's got, like, you know, you know how, like, in, in, in just fights, he just gets marked up, you know? Uh, that's kind of how he looks, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but that means he's actually putting the work in, so. Yeah. And he's getting some good work. That's the most important, so. Yeah, so we'll, we'll next week we'll start our every week, you know, we'll be uh, literally weeks away. You know, we'll start breaking the fight down. We'll be three weeks away, and you know, um, we'll, we'll we'll walk you guys right into it. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I think this is really. I mean, has Cotto not ever been in a great fight? Can you think of any? I mean, I mean, pretty I mean, the much, right? Fight, the the, the trial fight, <laughs> well, was, other than the trial fight, but yeah, the trial fight was. I mean, when, uh, let me rephrase that. When he fought other superstars, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, I think, I think for Cotto, they always been good fights, right? You know, while yeah. he lasted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, one thing I haven't seen in this camp, I haven't seen. I mean, I've seen some footage, but not a lot as far as on Cotto's end. I've been seeing some of uh, Canelo's, and um, I mean, I don't want to indulge too much, but. Uh, <laughs> 
it's going to be interesting, man. This fight's going to be very, very, very interesting, man, as far as just uh, the 24-7 start on November 7th. And I did, they used to do, like, the four-part series, but, I mean, I figure, you know, how much can you fit into four parts? I mean, I think two is more than enough. So, so you know, just at least because people already know about this fight, and, you know. And, and, and let's be honest, they're both nice guys. Like, you're not going to give yeah. – Kodo gives you nothing. Like, nothing. nothing. I mean, he's the most all-business person. Yeah. I mean, he, he's a good guy, you know, and he's not going to give you – he's not going to say anything. He's just going to give that same facial expression and just talk about what he has to do. Uh, Canalo is kind of robotic as well. So it's like it's probably the most boringest. That stuff is more for the casual people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's a good way. And, and I'm not trying to be, like, sexist or anything. It's a good way to get, like, females involved into the sport. And, you know, um, or if somebody's at home with their significant other watching – and they're like, hey, you know, let's watch this, you know, because women can watch those shows with you, you know, if they're not boxing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. it's a good way to kind of get all types of audiences involved. So, all right, man. So that's pretty much it, man. Well, um, before we before we wrap up, I just wanted to touch on, I mean, just real quick, um, the the Andre Ward situation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, yeah the, please the, break the that update. down. How we got here to that. Prior to that, because it, it was another fight that they shut down, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the the plan is they want to get him on the Cotto Canelo card. I mean, I think that was the obvious plan from the very beginning. The problem that they, I guess, they ran into was they, they the choice of opposition that they had was this fighter by the name of Rohan Murdoch. Right. And I had never heard of him. Me neither. Looked him up, <laughs> and he was right. He, he was super middleweight. Uh, okay. Campaigning super middleweight. And apparently the Nevada State Athletic Commission uh, denied the fight. Uh, I, I mean, they didn't – they were kind of vague about it, but basically I guess stating, you know, it was too much of a mismatch. Now, I don't remember the commission getting in involved, like, that deep into, like, not sanctioning a fight because, like, one guy was in, like, one weight class lower. Um, but at the same time, I mean, the fight is being proposed to be at 175. So, I mean, you think – you should be fighting a light heavyweight. Uh, and I, I think that's kind of what it came down to. And from the update that I got. I've never I heard of that before, like you said. I, yeah, I, had never heard, I had never heard of that. And then, and then I, had, I had seen it on Twitter and something. I'm like, oh. But then, but then it was posted on Boxing Scene. I'm like, oh, well, damn, okay. Um, no, it was so, definitely, definitely true. It definitely happens. Yeah. yeah uh, so apparently there's a couple. Uh, well, the one name that I saw sticking out was Cedric Agnew, who's a light heavyweight. Uh, I forgot. I, I was I was looking at him. I mean, I, I've seen him fight before. I mean, it's been a while, but I mean, he is he's a, he's a top ten ranked light heavyweight. I think he's number seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, that's a good start. I would say better than fighting a, a super middleweight at light heavyweight. Uh, and but you know the whole the whole thing about you know Andre Ward. I mean, you know, obviously earlier in the show talking about you know him in. Uh, Gennady Golovkin, but obviously now with this HBO deal, you know, a whole new can of worms is open with uh, uh, Sergey Kovalev and that that potential fight for December, well, not December, but, you know, what they say would be the, the maybe the third fight in his three-fight contract uh, with HBO, which, I mean, I don't know if that would be next year or early. I mean, you don't want to wait too long, but 
I, I mean, like we've been saying on the show, man, he, he's got to he's got to get active, man. And and I think the whole BET fiasco kind of was a big letdown. And again, Paul Smith's not a guy we can really gauge where Andre Ward is after like such a long layoff and maybe fighting a, a, a real light heavyweight. We'll see, but I think he just needs to be busy, man. He needs, especially if he's going to want to be able to control and command uh, negotiations and, and money and, things of that nature, which, you know, unfortunately he hasn't been in those types of situations considering how much he's already, you know, put in his, you know, done in his book as far as, you know, his overall resume and things he's done in the sport. But, uh, I mean, yeah, man, I mean, as far as, as far as we know, I mean, the plan is that he's going to be fighting on the undercard. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to hear something like this week because, I mean, we're already week, like three weeks out. Right, I know. <laughs> Got to find out something. <laughs> and I'm assuming he's been training, but he just doesn't know who he's training for. Mm-hmm. So, right. Uh, so I guess um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Well, that was interesting. So Ward is still having to have an opponent. His fight's three weeks out. Okay. All right, so that's our, that's our Wait, show. Wait, show. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I know. I'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of oh, important. Man. I knew it was something we was missing. All right, well, that's our show for tonight. Um, make sure you check my man Roberto Flack out on YouTube, you know, doing his predictions. Um, they'll be on his page as well as the Garja Girl Boxing page as well. Um, he's doing some prediction shows on there. Um, hit us up on Instagram at Guard Your Girl Boxing. Uh, and we'll be back next Monday, excuse me, next Tuesday, 9.30, same time, same place. And thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out our weekly uh, Guard Your Girl Boxing podcast. Peace. Peace.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.